I should probably be honest and tell you that I used to be a high school principal. It's been a long time since I was with a group of teens, and I'm really looking forward to uh, seeing the responses on your faces to God's Word uh, and what He might speak to you tonight. And I appreciate you coming to attention now, because we're going to have a focus now, not on me, but on God's Word. Let's pray together. O Lord, we pray that we might become bold and courageous in the faith that has been given to us through the ages by those who were willing to even face death. Oh Lord, we would pray that we would have this courage that would only come from Thee, based upon the Word of God and the inspiration of Thy Holy Spirit. And give to Thy servant, O Lord, words that would be inspiring to those who have seriously considered becoming a follower of thee, who are willing to count the cost and take up the cross. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Before I read the scripture, I'd like to tell you about a recent experience we had just two weeks ago. Uh, We attended a family reunion out in Illinois, and even though Mary Lou and I are the only ones who have Zoig names left. Amy Beth got hers changed when she got married. Um, We decided to have it in Illinois because I have a sister there who has 11 children, 39 grandchildren, and 18 great-grandchildren, and it was easier for us to move to, to travel there than for them all to come out to New Jersey and other places. We're about 100 of us together, all related some way, either through marriage or by bloodline, And we put together, Mary Lou and I, my wife, put together a book for each of our children uh, that has genealogies in them. Now, I'm sure most of you are not interested in genealogies. I wasn't when I was your age. It was not important to me. But in putting this together, um, I found some information that was really critical, not just because uh, I was able to trace back, or I should say Mary Lou was able to trace back some relatives on my Swiss side to 1532. I never thought we would be able to do that. And on my father's side, back to the 1700s. And it became interesting to me, but especially exciting to me, is a letter that we were able to find from my great-grandmother. And here's what she said. By the way, she and my great-grandfather were Roman Catholic, They got married in a church in Vienna that I saw in 1998, found the record of that back to 1862. But more important to me is this little simple phrase. She was a simple woman. I know nothing about her except what I have in this letter, and I'll just read this phrase. We were married in Vienna on November 16th, 1862. Now I have to give you a little information here. My great-grandfather was a widower, and when he married my great-grandmother, he was 48, and she was only 23. Now, girls, can you imagine marrying somebody that much older than you? Talk about courage, Uh, or maybe not too smart. (laughs) We don't know, except this I have found out. Five years later, five years later, 
I became a believer on February 25th. This is my great-grandmother speaking. And my husband on August 25th, 1867. God be thanked for his love and mercy. Now I could read that to you in German, but most of you probably wouldn't get it. So I did the translation for you so you can have it in English. But can you imagine what courage it took to step out in faith? And if she had not, I'm not sure if I would have been exposed to the faith. Who knows? God in his mercy may have found another way. But I consider my great-grandmother, whom I never met. I have pictures of her here. She looks like a grumpy old little old lady in these pictures because she was old by the time the picture was taken. But she stepped out in faith and was willing to separate herself from what she later on considered as, yeah, she was God-fearing, but was not exposed to the truth. And the miracle that was worked by God was, and six months later, my great-grandfather also saw the light, and they were converted. And my grandfather after that, and my dad. And here we are, passing it on to a couple of more generations. And I also say, God be thanked for his love and mercy. But tonight, I would like to talk about someone who is not a blood relative to me at all, except through the common faith that we had in sharing faith in the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And for the scripture, it's a long one. If you have your Bibles, please open to Hebrews chapter 11. And I'd like to read the whole chapter and including a couple verses also from chapter 12, and then tell you about a brother who was in our church whom we buried just about a month or so ago, whom I consider a hero in faith. Hebrews 11. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were made not made of things which do appear. By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. By faith Enoch, was translated that he should not see death, and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. The next verse is one that became key to my conversion experience. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. By faith, Noah, being warned of God, of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out, not knowing whither he went. By faith, He sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. 
For he looked for a city which had foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Through faith, also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore sprang there even of one, and him as good as dead, so many as the stars of the sky in multitude, and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country, that is, an heavenly. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. And he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Accounting that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. By faith, Jacob, when he was a dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worshipped, leaning upon the, upon the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when he died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel and gave commandment concerning his bones. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he, should, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which the Egyptians are saying to do were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. By faith, the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. And what shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah, of David also, and Samuel and of the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in flight, in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead raised to life again, and others were tortured. Watch the change here. This talks about relief. Now watch what happens. And others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they may, might obtain a better resurrection. And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise 
God having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Ye have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. I've read up to including verse 4 of chapter 12. I want to tell you the story of Brother Philip Reinhardt. Is anybody related to him? We've got a few hands here. He was a hero, a spiritual hero to me of faith. I want to sort of tell his story, not quite in his own words. I did read a transcript of when he had spoken to our CFG quite a number of years ago. And he was a quiet brother. He was responsible for a lot of the recording process that we now enjoy at camp. He did a lot of work on and getting his system going. But before that, when he was yet single, in the 1940s, when he was living in Yugoslavia, he was known by the people in Yugoslavia as belonging to what were called Donau Schwaben. Explanation. A person who is a Schwab should be identified as coming from a specific part of Germany as being Schwabia, one of the states. Sounds logical. The word Donau means the Danube River. But what had happened is, generations before him, quite a few Germans moved to Yugoslavia. I don't know exactly why, but there was some good land there. And because the natives didn't know how to identify them, they called any German Donauschwaben, meaning that they sort of like were immigrants to their country. His father was put in jail because he was not willing to take a gun to learn how to kill. What is such a person called who is not willing to take a weapon to kill? Answer me verbally, outside. This is not a rhetorical question. What is that called? Conscientious objector. I've heard a few people say it. You know, a lot of people don't even know that term anymore. It's a term that's ascribed to people who believe in non-resistance. Sometimes people would call themselves pacifists, and I want you to, be di to distinguish between what's a pacifist and a non-resister. A pacifist is a person who uses non-violent means to accomplish a political goal. Give me an example of a pacifist who would fulfill that definition. Gandhi, good. What was his political purpose? 
Um, come on, history people. Gandhi, what was, he, what was he trying to have happen in India? No. Who governed India before it became an independent state? Great Britain. What do you think his goal was? Independence. But he practiced non-violent means for this political end. Give me an American who is known, a famous American who's known as a pacifist. Martin Luther King Jr., right? Jr. What was his goal? Civil rights. Civil rights. That all people should be able to be treated rightly because of their, regardless of their race and so forth. A non-resister which is a biblical, more biblical description of what we would promise when we become members of the Apostolic Christian Church, believes in upholding what command of Jesus? And I want to hear, thou shalt not kill. Love your enemies. That's a step further than thou shalt not kill, is it not? Love your enemies. What should we do for those who persecute us? Pray for them. Thank you. Wow. We've got to be reading Matthew 5, folks. Um, these are key questions that you're going to be asked, but not just so that you can answer them. My hope is that you would embrace them, embrace those responses as our brother Philip did. Let me tell you what happened to him. In the 1940s, I think it was about 1942, Nazi Germany overran a good part of Europe, including Yugoslavia. Brother Philip, as a single brother yet at that point, was drafted into the German army. Why? He was German, natural. Thank you. Got some good logic. He was German. When he was drafted, he was lined up, and they said, here are your guns. You are going to help us to defend the Vaterland, the fatherland. You can understand that much, right? You can translate that one? That one's not too hard. Vaterland. Brother Philip would not take a gun. He was brought into a room to be interrogated, to be questioned, to be pressured. Private Philip, give me a good reason why you refuse to take a weapon. Herr Commandant, the Bible teaches me that I need to love my enemies. Jesus teaches me that I cannot take a weapon to learn how to kill. But you are a German. You are part of the master race. Don't you realize that we are going to conquer the world? We are taking over the world and make it a better place. 
And you need to be a supporter of that. My kingdom is not of this world. Jesus taught me. If it were, my servants would fill in the blank. Fight. My servants would fight. We are going to convince you that it is really absolutely necessary if you want to save your life to take a gun and learn how to defend yourself and the fatherland. Also, if you want to preserve your life, you are going to swear allegiance to their Führer. Who's their Führer? Everybody knows that one. My leader, with all due respect, Herr Commandant, and respect for who are the leaders of the land, teaches me that I am not to swear an oath. That I am to have my loyalty first to my Father in heaven and to my Savior, who is Jesus Christ, my Lord. You know, there have been others of your church. I hear that you are a Nazarene. That's what the, that's what the Apostolic Christian Church is known as in Eastern Europe, and it's still in Eastern Europe known as that. I know others of yours who have changed their mind. Herr Commandant, I don't know of anybody who has. The Commandant brings in one of the members of the church whom Brother Philip knew, a little bit older than he, and had admired. And he's standing like this, and he says, I gave in. I took the gun. Brother Philip is, is heartbroken. He's heartbroken. He's dismissed from the interrogation room temporarily. And what comes to his mind is hymn number 267. Now, we didn't pass out enough copies for everybody to have, but... I'm going, to, I'm going to guess that we've got a very musical group here. I'm going to read the, the first part of the verse to you, and those who have the music will sing the latter part of it. And if you don't get it on the first phrase, you'll get it on the second one. Because this acted as a consolation to him as he struggled with the fact that one of his brothers capitulated, gave in, and actually took a gun. Here's the hymn. If any soul forsake his way, as we see many do, I seem to hear the Savior say, now sing with me. Wilt thou forsake me too? Wilt thou forsake me too? Wilt thou forsake me too? 
can the world, what can sin give, or joy or peace to thee? Not that beyond this time can live. So turn thou not from me. So turn thou not from me. So turn not thou from me. Within my house I shall see, I shall for thee eternal good provide, if thou therefore confide in me. Oh, never more backslide. Oh, never more backslide. Oh, never more backslide. Eternal doom awaiteth thee in Satan's realm of might. So battle on to victory till thou be crowned with light. Till thou be crowned with light. Till thou be crowned with light. And the last verse, O Lord, grant strength to thy great might, by thy great might, that faithful I may be. Till o'er past is death's dark night, and I thy face shall see, and I thy face shall see, and I thy face shall see. At a latter time, after he's gone through this time of discouragement, he's brought again before the commandant. Private Reinhardt, you had time to think about this whole question, and now we would believe that you are convinced that you too would find wisdom in taking a gun and learning how to kill. Herr Commandant, in all due respect, I cannot, I cannot, with God's help, I will be faithful to the promise that I made to him when I embraced Jesus as my Lord and Savior and promised to be obedient to his commands. Oh, I see we have to use a little different tactic with you. Guards, take one of his comrades out into the court and shoot him. Guard takes one of the brothers, not by flesh blood, but by faith blood, out into the courtyard. Machine gun. Brother Philip drops his head. You change your mind? You're next. If I am to die this day, I will be received into the glories of heaven forever and ever. 
I will serve in any non-combatant role that you give me. I will serve in the medics. I will try to help people to be healed. But I cannot, cannot take a drop. Commandant wrings his hand and take this fellow to jail. Philip goes back to his jail cell and then comes the brother whom they had not shot, but were just using as, as a scare tactic. Can you see why I held this brother as a hero of faith? I want to be like him. Willing to die for the faith. Willing to stand up and be bold. Not brash, but bold in a humble way. Trusting that what Jesus had said in his word, that when you're brought before authorities and you are going to be challenged and questioned, you don't have to think ahead of time what you might say because the Holy Spirit will give you words which they cannot speak against. Let me ask you a question. How many of you are willing to die for your faith? Raise your hand. Thank you. I'm an emotional person, can you tell? I, I inherited this from my mom. Someone would say cry, she would cry. I'm not quite that bad, but close. But when I see your hands raised, those of you who are willing to be counted, not just by receiving the Lord Jesus as your Savior, but as your Lord, because you're willing to do what he says. Those are his commands. And while we would counsel with those who are seeking, that some of our doctrinal points are that we would not bear arms and that you would not swear an oath, we don't want you just to be able to answer the right question so that you can be baptized. We want you to thoroughly search your heart and ask the Lord, am I really ready to die for these spiritual doctrines that cannot change because they are firmly established in God's Word? Come boldly before the throne of grace and let God work in your heart to be faithful unto death. I had some other songs on here, but we're not going to have time to sing them. So those of you who have them, you can keep those. One of them was, once the guards had said, sing us a song that you sing in your church. And so they sang, Steep and Thorny is the Way. <laughs> 
And uh, I'm not sure what the response was of the guards, but there's a couple more on there, too. I know these are from our Zion's heart, and sometimes some folks may think these are old-fashioned songs and all, but remember from where these came. These came from people who were being challenged with their very lives. Though trouble assail, be thou faithful unto death. Have a prayer. Let's bow in prayer. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this weekend you or this week you've given us to come closer to you, to come boldly to you, and devote our lives maybe once again to serving you, dear Lord. Please help us to, as we go throughout the rest of this week, remember the things we have learned tonight and the important lessons that, such as just being able to give our all for you as you have given your all for us. Thank you so much for sending your son to die in our stead. And please bless us and bless everyone uh, that is not able to be here, uh, but maybe they wish they could. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.